Oh, it's a big edition of the Jock and Journo show. It's a milestone time for our man here, Scotty Penderbury, captain of the Collingwood Football Club, playing a 250th game. Scotty, I see throughout the week, mate, after your uh, your press conference, you said you're going to play 350 games. So, um, what, it's another four or five more seasons, mate? Uh, yeah, ideally be five. Uh, ideally be four, because it means I'm playing 25 games a year and <laughs> uh, it means we're playing deep in the finals. So, um, but yeah. Like always, mate, that was just a passing comment that got grabbed and turned into a fact that I actually said that I will play 350 when, in fact, I, was, I just said I'm not really counting games and whether it was 300, 350, whatever it be, I'm, I'm here to try and get another flag. And happened to me the week before when we were discussing 2011. And, yes. Um, they, they also missed the point there that I said it was probably one of the best sides I've ever played in. And um, the, biggest reason, the, the biggest reason why we didn't win the flag was because Geelong were too good. Yep hypothetically or you know if you're looking for reasons maybe a few things that i said potential but the biggest thing was geelong were, were too good and yep. it was probably the most dominant side that 2011 side i've ever played in excluding no, including 2010 i do remember you saying that uh You're, you and your mob <laughs> stitched me up and made it seem factual and even i even heard you know mick come out and said that he's not sure where i got those stats and facts from and that's good because i didn't i didn't get stats and facts from all talking hypotheticals and um, I think Mick said that in the end Geelong were too good and I 100% agree with him. I do remember you saying that. Uh, Coco, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. I was, I'm surprised you're going to stop on 350. 400, yeah. 500. Let's go. Let's blow it out of the water. You can catch You can catch everyone. I'm not going to say anything. Well, I'm coming at you. We'll go on the back page of the paper tomorrow saying that it's fact that I'll play 550. Give it something. <laughs> One game at a time for our man, Scotty Penny. Now, this would be a testing week for you, mate, because I know what you don't like more than anything, and that's hanging around and posing for photos. And I can tell that even this morning you've been doing some posy photo work, no, I and that, that tests your patience more than a, anything um, I've ever seen. Photos do test my patience more <laughs> than anything. Um, I you did hate a, it. No, I did a bit of stuff um, for our media team today, just recapping from game <laughs> one to 250. Did you go go through all of them? Hey, um, we're going to uh, talk about your career because it has been an unbelievable career uh, shooting for, what, your sixth uh, best and fairest in all Australian berth this year and still rated the best kick in the comp, uh, Scotty Penery. So there's a bit of uh, wind up your backside. But I, I just want to ask you about... Um, when you're in the mixer, right, so when you're in the on-ball situation and we've seen it a thousand times where you just dangle the little hand pass out out there and you see it every time the, op- the you, your op- opponents fall for it and then you zigzag the other way and find some space. Now, it's interesting to know whether that's always been that a talent thing or whether that's been coached and developed um, over over time. Have you Has that sort of time in footy congestion always slowed for you because you're like the matrix man in that respect um it's I th- it's hard for me to answer because it's just the only thing i know it's how i play footy um i've certainly little techniques and things i use to help me in those congested situations to get a bit more time and space to make the right decision but the candy cell so what would that um, what, what do you mean by that oh you know if i don't act like i'm going to dispose of the ball then everyone's going to try and nail me and if as soon as i look to handball it you know, they're thinking, who can I nail? Where's he going to give it? So if you hang it out there a little bit, they <laughs> might think it's going there and they bite on it and then it gives you a little bit more time to make a decision. But, you know, it's also sometimes you might hang it out there and they don't bite, so then you have to give it. So, yeah, it's just something that I've – it's just how I play and um, obviously I don't have – electric speed to just run away from people so i need a few little tricks <laughs> to give you a bit of satisfaction when they do fall for the candy cell um 
No, not really. Do you ever say to them, nah. like, gotcha again? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't mind at training if I get one of the boys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the guys, my teammates don't really fall for it. What? One thing, just to suck your head back in a bit, Jay keeps <laughs> pumping you up. He loves a pump up. But Power Pepper, he got you a beauty. Did not he sell did. him anything. Good boy, he Coco. did. He got me. No, I didn't try and sell him anything. He made a great tackle and, and then pushed me into the ground. And Jeez, did he? He said he got me and... Good on him, he got me. Did he broke so, your face into the ground as well? Did nah, I see nah, that? Nah, he um, pushed me. Come on, give us something, give us a line. We nah, hit a headline. Then, <laughs> Shut um, up, okay. <laughs> yeah, he got me. Hey, yeah, we're going to talk about Melbourne and Port Adelaide a little bit later. Massive Friday night game. Melbourne, he, Sydney. Melbourne, Sydney. But we are going to talk about Melbourne and Port we as are. well. As um, dark horses for the flag. They are. And Nathan Buckley said they were the best opposition you've played. And you've played a couple of other good sides um, as well. Do you think that your kicking is something that you've really developed in the past few years? Because there are some top ball extractors and Tom Mitchell is one of those. But, um, you know, even champion data at the moment rate you the best kick in the competition. I think for the past two years you've been the best um, kick inside 50 Do you really, Is that been the part of your game you think has come on most In the past couple of years that you've kept trying to improve Is um, that fair or Yeah I think elements It's just changed over time I remember when I first started I was a winger that Was pretty much outside player that just used to run up And down the ground and um, you know I thought probably the first few years kicking was a Strong point of mine and then I had to try and develop An inside game and um, So I put a lot of focus on you know, use, using my body and putting myself in advantageous positions to win the footy and then using my hands and then, you know, trying to get back to doing both, you know, winning it in, inside, getting it outside, being able to kick as well. So, um, yeah, just constantly trying to improve. And, um, yeah, on the weekend, I think I had eight inside 50s and only one mark taken off my kick. So, you know, that's the beauty of footy every week. They throw something up to work on and, um, yeah, you just get to work on it and hopefully you see improvement. But you didn't... I mean, growing up as a kid, you were playing basketball a lot of the time, weren't you? Were you, were you sort of kicking the footy a lot yeah, back in the day? Yeah, we kick the footy a fair bit at lunchtime. And, okay. Um, yeah, have pot shots at the teachers and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I've always been able to, to kick a footy. It wasn't like foreign when I was 17. Someone threw me this ball and I was like, <laughs> you know, what, what is this thing? Um, my brother's um, old man, everything, you know, used to go down to the footy oval and have a kick and all that sort of stuff. So it wasn't foreign. Your father worked away a lot. Yeah, still does. Or still does yeah, on the oil sure. rigs? Yeah. Um, off the east coast or the west coast? Uh, he's off the west coast at the moment. So yeah. he, he didn't see sort of a lot of your um, – hasn't seen a lot of your footy over the journey or obviously watches it on, on, on the TV. Yeah. Um, is he going to be there this no, weekend for your 250th? No, he's working, so he's away. So I spoke to him. He's actually got no reception where he is at the moment. Oh, so really? I had to speak to him um, last week before the game and he wished me well for the game. But more importantly, he said 250 and – um, yeah, so he it's funny, but he'll record it and watch it in three weeks' time when he gets back because really? he, he doesn't have access to it. So he'll, he'll be able to find the scores somewhere over there. But um, Do you give you a yeah. bit of feedback on your game? Um, yeah, he does. Always about my goal kicking. Um, it's, you know, when I do miss a shot or, or get a shot and miss it, he'll certainly let me know why I missed <laughs> it. Um, uh, but yeah, dad, dad's a very good, um, very good kick. And he coached in under 10s and 12s when I played. Um, sort of two weeks he would coach and his assistant when mm-hmm. he was working used to coach so um, yeah he's certainly taught all us boys a lot about footy you're one of three boys I don't I don't want to make this too much like this is your, your life but one of three boys that meant your mum lies obviously raised um, you guys when your dad was away um, away at times which would have been it I'm, chaos it would have been yeah. a fair effort how competitive were you out there in the backyard Ryan and uh, Critter would have been a fair bit of sport around the clock I'd imagine yeah we, we had the the typical big driveway with the basketball ring up and then 
we had a football football field that we made in the backyard and um yeah every had cousins that lived around the corner so it was on for young and young and old every Friday afternoon. We'd play Friday night footy in the backyard and used to wear those te- team-coloured gloves with the little footy imprints on the inside. And um, yeah, It was always me and my younger cousin versus my older brother and older cousin and they used to just be- beat the crap out of us every Friday <laughs> night and we kept buttering up there every week thinking, well, we'll chance to get a win. <laughs> You've um, had a great effort from your mum to drive the boys to all the games. I mean, you're living up in Sale, Gippsland. That's a yeah. lot of time on the road, I'd imagine, to get all your rep games, your basketball yeah. games. Especially with, I think, footy do it really well. Like, you know, they, with Gippsland Power, when my brother played their older brother, um, you know, you just sort of, they get picked up from Sale and they take them away and they look after them really well. With yep. basketball, though, you do rely a lot on your parents to take you everywhere. And um, it's not until you get a bit older and you realise how far your parents went for you to, to be successful and to you know, just have a chance at achieving your dreams. And like mum and dad, every Friday after school, used to drive me to Melbourne for a 40-minute basketball game and wow. drive me home. And um, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But now, um, yeah, it. it's amazing effort. to what they've, what they've done for me and my brothers to, to give us a chance is extraordinary. You f- do you remember your first game against Brisbane? I think you had about 11 possessions. You came on your first year. 13. <laughs> Sorry, mate. There you go. No, there you know. go, Coco. <laughs> Actually, it could have been 11. Kick the goal with my first kick. Well, who so kicked you it to you? Bucks p- passed it to yeah, me. I was saying is a weird, a lot of like history for me comes from that game because or it ties a lot. Like I come on for the first time when Bucks come off. He kicked me the ball for my first goal and, you know, so he should have. I was fairly open. <laughs> um, Brad Scott was playing on me. who what later become say? my, Well, he welcomed me to the field with a nice elbow to the back. <laughs> but then later he become my midfield coach. Oh, when yeah. he became my midfield coach, I let him know that he was playing on me at the time. He didn't even know who I was. <laughs> Blake Carousella, um, who was probably like my mentor in my first year, mm-hmm. did his neck in my first game and never played again. Oh, wow. He was wearing number 10. Asked me at the end of that year if I'd wear number 10. Um, so I wear number 10 now. Um, yeah, so a fair bit of my career ties back into that first game. We well, pretty rugged, uh, Scotty, back in the day, wasn't he, as a defender? Give yeah, a hard he was. Time. Yeah. And then Bucks went forward that game and kicked six. Did he? Yeah. He, so. he had a big one, that one. Yeah. What, what about – give us some of your, um, like, best opponents, best goals. Give us some of that. What's what's the best goal you ever kicked? Surely it's it's stuck best in the mind. Best goal I've ever kicked. Jeez, it's got to be a final against yeah. Geelong. Geelong on my right foot. Yeah, on the, the crowd went, 50. Yeah, the crowd went bananas. You go to the double um, pipes? You I'm not sure what pipes. I did. Nah, <laughs> the I might have the Cobra. <laughs> but there's one in the West Coast one um, that I kicked in overtime. Yep. To, I think put us 13 points up or seven points up. Double yeah. overtime, wasn't it? 20 No, nah, it was just overtime, but you remember you had to play like two 10-minute halves right. in yep. overtime. So I had to do a match um, report for that game, just about the most worst experience of my life, yeah. <laughs> trying to get deadline for that game. It was in Perth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was over there. Um, yeah, any goal in a final is always... Trump just regular season goals. What, what about biggest hit? I always love biggest hit. Biggest hit. Biggest hit you've ever taken, not given. I'm taken. sure. I'm sure you haven't dished out too many big Um ones. Aaron Sanderland fractured my jaw in like my ninth game. Jeez, he does some damage. I went to tackle him and picked up a ground ball, and he went to fend off, but I got the point of his elbow right under my nose, and my front four teeth were fairly loose. And I come off and just thought that was curtains for me for the day, and. Mm. Doctor said, make sure that mouth guard stays in for the rest of the game and you're going back out there. Are you kidding me? I thought it was a, a sick joke that I had to play with with that. And, Must have hurt. Um, no, it didn't really hurt because you're pretty numb and it's all the adrenaline's taking over. And then after just the game... Just jungle I, juice in there. Yeah, and then after the game, I just had to go to the dentist and make sure they weren't going to fall out. And 
few root canals later and we're yeah. all right. Geez, it was a different different time back then. Way back when you started, Scotty. Yeah. Way back then. <laughs> what are you saying, Clayton Oliver? Just um, <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't say. Scotty, what about um, talk? Interesting, your durability. I mean, I think you That's played more than twenty <laughs> games. Sorry, um, I think you played more than twenty games in. Yeah, he's not, he's, so I only know these. I only know these stats because I did some press yesterday. Apparently, I've averaged twenty-one games. Yeah, bullshit. My career. Well, I played, <laughs> I played nine in my first year, but they get bumped up, obviously. By You've got them all written finals, down on your pad. How many finals I played in in the first eight years of my career? One thing I do love is you, you kind of act like you don't like people pumping you right up, but if you ever get a stat wrong, you're the first person to correct it. Thirteen games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I do it. I do it both ways. I think. All right. Yeah. Sure. 2009, Scotty, you, um, it was a final against, let me think. St. Kilda. Uh, St. Kilda. <laughs> That's right. There you <laughs> go. So what, how's that pumping my tyres up to help you no. with the team that I played against? No, Sorry, I remember games of footy. No, you just got, <laughs> yeah, one of those special yeah, kids We played St. Kilda yeah. final Saturday, massive game. You take up the story. What, mate. what, um, happened? what was the temperature there? No, no idea. But it was a cracking day. And St. Kilda were, I think they'd lost one game for the year, something like that. They were flying. Um, yeah, and I just remember first, literally first front and centre contest of the game. Um, me and Montagna went for the footy. Um, he slid in a bit and kneed me like right in the middle of my leg and didn't feel great. Um, felt like I got a really deep corky and couldn't he broke put, your leg. Yeah, he broke my leg in that contest, but we didn't know that. And um, yeah, I sort of hobbled off and um, took about 15, 20 minutes to try and get it right. Um, strapped it. Yeah, your leg's broken, mate. Yeah, we didn't know that it was it broken right. though. Um, yeah, and obviously the adrenaline's pumping and uh, all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, we, we strapped it up and tried a few things and it was still pretty tender. But, um, yeah, I felt like I could get back out there and, and play. And I went back on for probably 15 minutes. And you, I was, went, you kept playing with a broken leg. Yep, go yeah, on. We didn't know it was broken. Um, and, yeah, I, I was the one who was on the bench and said, no, nah, no, nah, I'll be right. I can get back out there. And um, the docs and that just said, we'll make sure that you're making the right decision here. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, I think I'm, I'm right. And I actually... Come back on it, it felt a lot better and I was running down the wing and um, I thought someone kicked me from behind and tripped me and I turned around and no one was near me and sort of just threw the hand up and I was like, I think I think um, it's not a corky and I sort of hold off to the bench and we got the... Um, you broke it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it might have been sort of partially broken and then I actually broke it. So, um, yeah, and then I come off and then we lost that game and I was, I reckon by two hours post-game, I was in theatre getting the plate put in my leg that I've wow. still got today. So, um, yeah, I got a plate and six screws put in my leg and um, then operation, get up for the grand final. That yeah, was the plan. That's the thing. So that's not even the most extraordinary part of the story, the fact that you kept playing with the broken leg. It's that... I didn't really. I lasted like 10 minutes and it was just done. <laughs> Mate, don't, out there. Yeah. D- don't play it down. The extraordinary thing is that what, two, so two weeks later you played Geelong in the preliminary final. Yeah. Did you go through a fitness test before that game in an attempt to play? Well, actually, I trained on the Wednesday, so um, I think it was like 10 days post. Amazing. Um, because the plate was in there, the surgeon said that um, it's going to come down to a pain tolerance because your leg's actually as strong as it'll ever be right now because the bone's back in its place. The plate's there to hold it all together. So It's just not going to tickle. Um, yeah, so 10 days later, we trained at the G and I got through training fine and Changed directions, everything. Um, had a nice little limp when I jogged. But, um, yeah, got through everything and I thought that I would be right to go. Um, that was sort of the big day for me was the Wednesday and then come in. Um, Thursday was our day off. Come in, just did all my recovery, got physio, 
Um, and it was fairly sore on the Thursday from training on Wednesday. And I thought, well, still got three days before. And then Friday we went out and trained. Uh, I got through training. Um, and, yeah, I was pretty adamant that I would play against Geelong on that Saturday. And then until um, oh, Mick and Butters um, grabbed me and just said, look, we want to put you through a couple more tests here to make sure that you're right to go. And, um, yeah, and I was open to it because I didn't want to I didn't want to play if I wasn't going to let the side down. And, um, yeah, so the test involved some jumping off a box and landing on my broken leg. And um, it wasn't the broken leg, but it was, um, yeah, I tried to do it a few times and just couldn't do it. Um, the pain was too much. It didn't, like, it, yeah, it wasn't going to re-break my leg or anything, but just the pain was too much. And um, Makes my tummy squirm. Yeah, okay. so I probably did. Who does that? I probably tried to do three or four jumps to, to prove to them that I could do it. Yeah. Um, and they could tell that. It Still, was every you. jump, the um, it was my, left, my left foot was starting to, to take the load, not my right foot. So, um, yeah, we made the call that um, give it another week, and hopefully, if we the boys won that prelim, I'd, I'd play in the granny. But we how, lost, and um, how hard was that to watch? Um, oh, probably the hardest one was the week before when um, John Anthony kicked that goal mm-hmm. late in the game. That was that like, and we started one by five points. We started terribly, and um, I was sitting in the box, and yeah, I just. I couldn't see a way back into the game, but you know we got there and um, the the prelim was was over really quickly. I think they won by about eighty points. So really disappointing to sit there and, and watch that. Jay's come in here with a cold, and that's that sounds like it's going to end the world. And you're talking oh. about jumping <laughs> jumping off a box onto your broken leg. That's what, a, uh, what a contrast. I'm playing hurt. Um, <laughs> he's, he's getting through. You um, could learn some things off this man over here. Just lastly on on your milestone, Scotty, just give you a lot of satisfaction to play two hundred and fifty and would. Well, be a special feeling running out on the weekend. I know it's must win, but yeah. does it change anything about your preparation or the way you're feeling about this game? Um, no, not really. It's just, yeah, I just really want to get out there and win and get our season back on track. And mm. um, yeah, we know it's a it's a big game for the footy club and and for both sides. It's going to be on. So um, probably the the coolest thing, or definitely the coolest thing for me, is getting to take Jacks out there with me pre-game and. Um, yeah, see how it goes. I'm not sure you'll last too long, but um, yeah, that would be that would be really special. Um, it is a massive game versus Hawthorne uh, this week, but we just want to change focus a little bit and talk about some of the contenders who are really bobbing up because it is an unbelievably even year. There's no real standout, yeah. you know, GWS maybe, but if I, I, if I'm any other club, if there's a team I want to be playing on preliminary final day, preferably at the MCG, obviously, it would be GWS because. You know, they haven't necessarily been to that. Well, they've been in the yeah. preliminary final last year, but if you're going to take them on in the in the big dance at the MCG on the grand final, you know, you wonder how some of those kids are going to stand up. You know, I, I'd almost, I would yeah. almost fancy them myself. Those kids, them those kids, though, aren't kids anymore. That's a fair point. Yeah, they they have developed, but I just, you know, we yet to see them really stand up uh, on that stage. So yeah, it will but it's be the same as the the Bulldogs last year. None of those guys had been there. Um, to from how they did it, none of the guys had been there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such an open competition this year and everyone tries to keep anointing, you know, flag favourites or yep. dark horses or whatever it is. It's, I reckon, wait, hold your horses a little bit and see who's hitting form at the right stage of the year. So are Melbourne the real deal? They're going to play on Friday night under the big stage. They've been fantastic winning games um, on the road and then their pressure is the best in the competition so we saw it against you guys a couple of weeks ago in that second half yep. the pressure in their forward half and in the, in the on ball um, set up was, yeah. was off the roots can you, you tell us about how you rate that you know their system and their young kids um, yeah like in terms of are they the real deal I, 
they're just getting results. Um, so they, I think they have to be. They, um, it's hard though because the real deal, I think every club thinks every side's the real deal. You, you prepare for their best and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to watching Melbourne, Sydney there. I think over the past seven rounds, if you just did the form ladder, it's, it's one versus two. So Sydney are six and one, I think, and Melbourne are five and two in that time. So it's going to be a massive game and here at the MCG and, you know, they'll be treating this game um, like they do every week, but it's going to be a good dress rehearsal for if they get to finals, it'll be a great dress rehearsal for what it's, you know, what's to come. The, the Swans on ballers, the hard bodies, Josh Kennedy, you know, Hatterbury, their experienced operators, Parker. I think it's going to be a big test for the some of the young Melbourne kids against those guys. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a big test, but it's more system versus system. And, um, you know, Melbourne play, you know, an incredibly high pressure game that relies a lot on forward momentum and start with numbers behind the ball and just get forward. And, um, you know, they're very good behind the ball, but... I think, you know, in the comp, they're second for points scored a game, so they can put the score on the board. And, um, you know, for all money last week, Sydney looked gone, done and dusted in that game and found a way to, to claw back and, and win it at the death. So um, both sides will go in really confident and um, it's going to be a cracking contest. And, I, and it, as always, it's going to be won and lost in the midfield, but I don't think it's won and lost in the midfield in, in a stoppage sense. It's in a turnover sense, which... You know, when you turn the ball over, which midfield uses it back the other way to hurt the opposition side the best? Your boy, Clayton Oliver, uh, Melbourne staunch unit. Are you, <laughs> <laughs> you stuck up for him on Twitter. Are you mm. still standing by him after oh. getting that medical report? Got a bit of feedback. We know that this, the chin, so he got whacked on the chin. It were glancing blows, chipped on the chin maybe I should say, by Will Schofield. Um, it's a sensitive part of your jaw. And as a young kid, you know, a 19-year-old in your second year, when you can be... Um, you know, hit unexpectedly, it can startle you. How many boxes are we seeing cop uh, wax on the chin and get knocked out? So when I saw that live, I thought... Plenty. Yeah, plenty, exactly. <laughs> I thought that it didn't raise my eyebrows whatsoever. It was just an unexpected blow to the chin. And yeah, he, he bent at the knees, but I'm not going to hang him for that. I think it's been a huge overreaction. But didn't get knocked out, no real medical damage. Did you get a free kick? No, it started the melee, which is under the MRP laws. If you, if you go down and it incites a melee or sways the umpire's opinion, that, that's where you get charged with the diving act, but obviously yeah. hit him. And he's come back and said that he has a sore jaw. That's the part that kind of, he goes back into the change room. Well, we can test it out here. You can give Jay one in the chin just lightly and see what happens. <laughs> okay, you did it, mate, I can assure you. Does the player's code still exist, Scotty? Oh, I don't know. What is the player's code? Well, he goes back into the rooms and says that he's kind of cleared of medical damage, except for he says that he has a sore chin. Do you, do you say you have a sore chin or do you just say, I don't know, I don't know, there's nothing oh, in it? I didn't. It's their own, I think. I think the players' code a while ago used to be about looking after everyone. And does that happen uh, anymore? I think it does to a certain extent. But you know, if you if you cop one, you're not going to go, "Oh no, look, it was fine. It was only you know a little bit of a push to the chest." If you've caught one on the chin, like you're saying you did, what, I, don't, what, I don't reckon you've been. When was the last time you were at the tribunal? I can't even remember you've never been, been there. reported. No. Nah. Nah. Such a no. clean skinner. Oh. Oh, just, just haven't been caught. <laughs> <laughs> just one more on that. How do you rate his Twitter game post? All of this. The, yeah, brave. The st- Bra- brave involving Damien Martin and sledging him for his uh, dismissal in 1994 and then making his own Twitter profile. Um, that the, was pre... He, he wasn't even born when that happened. Yeah, a photo of um, himself being hit in that, in that incident. But look, I like, um, I like Clayton. I think he's one of the best young players in the, in the competition. And this will be a learning experience for him. There's absolutely well, uh, no doubt about that. One thing that. you know for certain is 
if he didn't cop it in the chin, mm-hmm. the yeah. Melbourne boys this week would be absolutely giving it to him. Yep. The locker room banter would be <laughs> all-time high. Anytime he walked past, you'd just fall over. Yes. Uh, uh, Melbourne. Interested to see what happens so this, it, this weekend. Yeah, I just hope the focus doesn't go every time he gets the ball now that, you know, how talk, spoke the stage. Oh, 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 yep. He did this last week. Like, he's second-year player and having a phenomenal season. He's a gun. Ian, so. he's so brave in the contest. That's what I think's been lost in yeah. this conversation. Now, what about Port Adelaide, Scotty? Because um, it's probably the first time that a team has beaten you so comprehensively from the first bounce to the last yeah. bounce. You've been yep. in games at stages for, for most of the season, but they really um, gave it to you right throughout. It was pretty comprehensive. What do you rate? How do you rate this Port Adelaide um, yeah. side? Yeah, they're very um, they're very balanced as a side, and um, no real area of weakness. Um, you know, their forward line's extremely dangerous. Um, their mids run really hard and big bodies. And their defenders hold up really well. So they they can score. They're pretty stingy. Um, you know, we certainly tried a lot of things to try and get our ball movement going. And um, without being kamikaze, we, we certainly had a crack. At this. They just defended us so well. And, um, you know, sure, on the other foot, we couldn't slow them down as much as we would have liked. And, um, yeah, Bucks did it after the game. And I agree with him there that, most impressive side we've played against so far and that's only because they dismantled us um, and they ended up winning by five goals so um, you know if they were say a 10 out of 10 for for beating us and then you know Melbourne was also impressive and um, you know Carlton were very impressive the way they took us apart so um, it's it's, it's marginal in this competition but yeah they were the side this year that's um, we probably had the toughest time you know, we couldn't get back into the game at any stage, which is what we've been able to do most weeks. And it seemed like that ball movement slowed a bit. Wasn't that daring, aggressive runs? Yeah, the we'll try and, this we'll try and, no, not really. It's just we were trying to get through them, and but they just had bodies in the right areas and forcing us wide, forcing us back. Or mm, well structured. You know, a couple of times we went out back and around and, and got round them, and then a couple of times we got through them. But um, then their defenders won some big one-on-one contests, and um, yeah, we just we had a crack and we kept trying to do things without being. You know, the, I hear the commentary about you know, got to be more aggressive, take them on more, and you know, can't just launch the ball into the corridor if there's five of those guys versus one of ours, and then that's certainly going back for a score the other way. So, um, yeah, they, they were just too good. AFLX, mate, we're going to see you participate. Uh, if Collingwood doesn't make the finals, you're going to bob up in this uh, seven-a-side uh, no-contact um, exhibition series. I'm not sure exactly what it involves. It sounds like it's going to be a fast game really quick so um doesn't suit, suit you. no well suit i think that does suit my speed that i that i've got so um might be the goalkeeper or something do you think it's worth is this a, a um concept worth going are you a fan oh, of it yeah why not it's better than the other concept we've got which is nothing so mm. try it um I, worst, I don't know the, worst that, that. the worst that we can do is it's no one likes it and whatever but if it brings a different you know skill set or a different group of players to the game mm. fan base yeah. I'm not too so sure bet. about that I, I reckon nothing would be better I'm pretty just give us a break I reckon let's just let's just have a breath we can we can do without one minute that doesn't have footy in it let's just give it a yeah that's it a now gap. that you're in the middle of the season come December everyone's talking about no footy <laughs> the season doesn't end anymore as you would know Jay you it kind of um, just goes the whole way through you can get like the under 18s Australian team versus like the, a group of retired players yeah, you boom Harvey types. Yeah, trial them. Get a taste of, you know, senior players. How much would the AFL have to pay Scott to get involved? Oh, big money. How much? Because that's the issue. That's what clubs are saying. They're like, yeah, I don't well, think. I don't think it's like a payment concern. I think. It's, yes, it is. Or it's you know if 
it does like if they said you know here's X amount of dollars twenty the, grand the club but well, the clubs within their rights to just say no because they're paying you far beyond if it was twenty grand fifty grand five grand whatever it is you know I'm tied to Collingwood to play here and if I hurt my ankle or knee or shoulder playing AFL X in a trial exhibition game not going to go down well is it no it's it's not smart for you as an athlete to jeopardise unless that. unless I give you fifty grand for doing it well even then it's it's probably not worth it. Mm. But it, pro rata, if you you're working on a much shorter scale, yeah, well, you got so. paid fifty grand and did your knee. What about if I gave you eight grand final tickets? Oh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> or, Depends or, if you can put them on eBay. Or you can eat wheat bix for the year. Yeah, Nick Nat he's filthy about that. Isn't <laughs> he's he? not happy. every time he does hunt wheat bix. <laughs> it will be interesting. Hey, do you want to do a hot and not now? Um, now I always like to include a bit of a trade bent um, in my hot and not This is where you and go big, this is where you shine Well, um, we've been talking a lot about Josh Kelly being the most sought after man in footy And Dustin Martin as well, looks like he'd probably stay at Richmond you'd think What about Jake Lever at Adelaide? In, in the modern game, in terms of his intercepting ability for a bloke in what his second or third year I think um, Now, I think he leads the competition for intercept marks and least goals conceded for a kid, like we talk about 10-year deals for Josh Kelly, I reckon we could be looking at some eight-plus-year offers for Jake, for, um, for Jake Lever. Yeah, I would. So, yeah, he, for as, and particularly as a sort of a key position or maybe third banana defender, your ability to intercept the ball um, like that makes him as valuable as a gun midfielder, I think. And while Adelaide are pretty keen to keep him, they've lost a couple of players recently. Um, if I was a, a Victorian club... I'd be backing up the truck. We're throwing around ten-year deals like they they candy. Is this? We haven't seen an example where it's gone because players are loyal. Wrong, players are very loyal to their club. You look at we talk about the trade period, but AFL players are um, very loyal and are very inclined to stay at their clubs. Scotty's well, they, knocked back a lot of interest from others, I'm sure. Yeah, so to to um, break that loyalty, you've almost got to give them a um, a deal that they can't knock back. And for Jake Lever, it's going to be a biggie. Yeah, what type for yeah. you, Scotty? Pacquiao Horn. Oh, I like it. Oh, do you yeah. like boxing? Battle of Brisbane. It's yeah. cool. Um, it's it'll be the biggest fight that's ever been in Australia. Um, I've been following it all week on um, on Foxtel and Fox Sports. And did you watch the, that clip I sent you yesterday? Yeah, the the doco. Um, How fast? Yeah, and the thing is, he slowed down a little bit. Like he's unbelievable. Um, Jay, I think it's, boxing in the it's, So it's on Sunday. Um, it's just gonna. It's the biggest fight that's been in our country, and you're getting like one of the top five boxers of all time. All time. Going against Jeff Horton, it's going to be an amazing event, and um, fifty-five thousand people to sell out. It's, um, it's going to be massive. So I'll record that on Sunday and, and watch it after the game. You're saying you're not going to watch it like just before Bucks has his sort of pre-game speech? Or you want me not going to have you're a quick look at the? the uh, yeah. no, I'll stay away from the phone. <laughs> stay away. I don't. I don't. You know, when it's Pacquiao or McGregor, I don't like to hear the result. I would like to go through the emotion and get nervous and get the sweaty palms before it all goes down and then sit there and watch. We'll get it up on the big screen at quarter time. You can just have a glance up. It's like when the NBA finals are on, you get a message on our little WhatsApp group, no NBA talk and not even a please. Yeah, so I, I have to like mute like all my friends for like a day of the game. I just pretty much mute any, everything so I can't find out. My not hot, I'll be quick on this one, is the tribunal. How in the hell Bashar Hooli got only um, got two weeks off for a good bloke discount? It just 
opens up a massive can of worms um, for every player now who goes down to the tribunal. Why don't they just go find the biggest celebrity they can find, whether it be the PR, a PM or Waleed Ali, just to say, what such a good bloke you are, Scotty, and therefore you should get a, a 50% discount. Bashar Hooli should have got uh, maybe four down to three because of his outstanding reputation. But otherwise, that is total bulldust. Who's... Who's who's the celebrity you're taking, Scotty? Who's who's your Good guy? Question. Who are you going to take in with you, Eddie? Eddie. No, Eddie doesn't. Oh, that might hurt you. Don't. I'm sure. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this point. We're 30 minutes in. Jeez. Um, so my not hot yep. is a commentary around Eddie. So he's lost 15 kilos. Oh yeah. How's you he done people, that again? You've got people like having a go at him for doing it. Like I, I sent him after the game and said he looks great and fantastic, and then you've got people having a dig. I thought you would be one of those people. I mean, he Why? looks he looks fantastic. Oh, he looks incredible. Have a dig because he had a crack at trying to do something, trying to make a change, and no, but sticking the be, needles in. It's more about how he did it. Yeah, but who but, cares? No, but I thought that's what you're all about. Not, nutrition not who cares, but and as in like, yeah, but he's decided stuff. he wants to make a change, and he's doing this to start with, and then he's going to get on the horse and do it, you know, balance and all that sort of stuff, but. He felt like for him, this is going to do the best thing for him. And it's better than people that just sit there and commentate on Eddie having a crack at trying to do something. He's trying to make a change. Bit of tall poppy. And he's done it. And then people come out because he's an easy target. And, you know, if you mention his name, you'll get in the headlines. Fair point, Scotty. We're going to keep moving and uh, finish off. Did you give us a prediction for Horn versus Pac-Man? What did, the, uh, um, what did you think is going to happen? I've been reading about it all week. So I think Pacquiao will knock him out. Um, what round? Six. How much boxing do you do? Do I do? Yeah. Oh, maybe two sessions a week. Do you really? Yeah. How long, if we were to jump in the ring, how long do you think you could finish me off? <laughs> Please, nah, nah. We like, oh, 15 nah, seconds. Nah. You would nah, just refuse. No, nah, I just do a lot of pad work and a little bit of sparring with a few of the boys and stuff like that, but it's all controlled. And Mickey Degena, the boxing coach here and one of the sports science guys, takes that. And I just love learning about it. It's a Who's the best? Awesome sport. The sweet um, science in the, cl- the club. Well, Brody Grundy's pretty good. Um, the big reach Yeah he's got a really big reach um, Wellesley's is pretty sharp mm. um, Marley Williams The former Yeah Marley, Marley was really good Does he just get angry in the ring? Um, no he's actually really controlled in the ring That's, Does um, he control it out in the field? <laughs> no he can lose his cool a little bit out in the field <laughs> Like everyone um, but yeah, we've, we, um, we had a boxing session yesterday. It was actually, it was like a, a boxing class almost. There was about 14 guys, you know, everyone. That'd be hit. awesome. Yeah, it was, it was good fun and everyone gives a bit of banter and yeah, it was good fun. I reckon if you jumped in there with, with Scotty, he'd give you the good guy discount. He'd, you reckon he'd he go wouldn't, soft? He wouldn't knock you out, he'd just rough you up a bit. I'd last eight and a half seconds, I reckon, <laughs> in the ring with heard, this bear. Heard with, that before. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Welcome. Real, real zinger. <laughs> hey, lastly, um, the NBA draft. So your beloved Lakers take Lonzo Ball. So he's a shooting guard, a very talented one point at, guard. at that point guard. Sorry. But he can yeah. shoot, can he? Yeah, he can shoot. Well, most point guards can shoot. <laughs> point guard, sorry. Yeah. Um, but his dad seems like a real lunatic. Yeah. Now, would that, if you're the list manager, I know you, little, you love your little drafting, recruiting bents. Um, would that worry you or no, would they would have done their research making mate he's um, a full-on yeah i know you see this thing loony. he did on the other on wrestling the other day like was in the ring and took his shirt off and all that sort of stuff but <laughs> the old man at the end of the day they're they're drafting the kid the kid can play he's can run a team um super unselfish suits magic johnson the way his theme um, of being unselfish moving the ball can do that um yeah and his old man is trying to build a brand Big baller's big brand man. or whatever it is. He's trying to build that up. So he's pumping up. And you know what? He's probably making a lot of money out of it. After his 
um, son was drafted by the Lakers. He said, and I quote, Lonzo Ball, he being his son, is going to take the Lakers nice to, to the playoffs, playoffs yeah. in his first season. Now yeah. imagine if any imagine if any AFL draftees dad said that. And he had the follow-up of when he does, he's going to wear a hat around that said, I told you so. Yeah, yeah. amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> hey, uh, before we go, social media, uh, Coco. Jeez, have we? we had a big week on social media. What, I reckon about almost a month ago, Pendles brought up that he couldn't sleep without a fan. And it's a bit weird. I, I thought it? he was a bit weird at yeah, the time, but we've weird. had so many people. Common. common. <laughs> so people, many people, people coming. With a fan. How does Alex feel about that? She was dead against it. But Early doors. Just yeah. put up with it. Well, um, Did you broke her down after time. No, it's non-negotiable. I have to sleep with it because I can't sleep. Okay. Fair enough. But we had um, Hannah and RGP. They both tag-teamed on Twitter here and said, Re Pendle's use of a fan to go to sleep said, Wayne Rooney needs to have a running vacuum cleaner when sleeping to get to sleep. White so, noise. Brent McCaffrey sleeps with a fan. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you have brought that up. Nearest to the pin. This is our... We've had a coffee oh, yeah. bet every week. And Thanks we, for today's one. Yeah, yeah. Coco lost this week. Okay, before we get onto that... We had a few. We had people uh, coming in with nearest to the pin and what they think the rules are on it. We had Dale Anderson think nearest to the pin. Perhaps you missed the right hole, but Pendles missed by more. Still counts on the golf course. Coffee time. Thank you, Dale. That's the only one I'm going to read because on you, Dale. <laughs> the other two don't really defend our point. Yeah. Um, Green man jumped in, said, "Love the podcast, guys, and great hearing Pendles use words like pox." Thank you. <laughs> He's a big Pox fan. <laughs> and your brother Critter came in with uh, Kev. Uh, Kevin originated from Kevin McAllister from Home and Alone. It's funny when he, uh, he put that out on social media, it was actually on. I was watching was Home Alone at the time. So you just, you've got some obsession with the movie, haven't you? Yeah, I a do. Sick obsession. It. Yeah, I like it. It's How many so times funny. have you seen it? Oh, double digits comfortably. <laughs> actually, one more. We, we all know about Jay-Z's fitness regime and the button-popping incident. We yep. Actually, you've, you, you're out there. You're an inspiration to the people. You're creating like all these stories. <laughs> this one from Julian Greening. Boys, having gained 10 kilos, I've hit the gym too. So he, you, you've got him well, in Jay's got, he's got, he's got his body scan tomorrow. Yep. Can fat we test. have, we need to can we have a guess? His body fat percentage oh, and one will be. Can you do that? Nearest to the pin. Now, here we go. To, nearest oh. to the pin. We're nearest to the pin. I'm going. Now we know the rules. Twenty three point seven percent body fat for, oh. for 20, our man. Twenty. So oh just real low muscle. Just yeah, no, no, not a lot of muscle. That's okay. Now normally twenty three percent. Before yeah. we do the podcast. Wait, what's yours? Is what's yours as a as a gauge? Uh, I don't know. Eight. Nine? Oh, I don't know. Eight point seven three. Nah, we we get skin faults done here. Last time I got a, a Dexter scan or whatever it was was, yeah, it was like eight and a half nine. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. On that, so um, I'm going to get him at twenty six. Twenty six. See, Jay, what are you? <laughs> what do you think? You're right. Before yeah, we do you, this podcast, we sort of normally have a five minute chat. Well, what do you want to talk about today, boys? Blah blah blah. No one mentioned. Let's estimate your body fat percentage. <laughs> what did you say? Twenty six point what? No, just twenty six flat. Okay, twenty six flat. Oh, 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 or not flat. I'm going to go with under thirty. Okay. No, no. <laughs> Give 30. us a number. Under fifty. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, Look, well, yeah, we do know, do we? Give us a number. Um, Look, all I know is that my button popped off my pants a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and yeah. since then. Yeah, since then you've been, been wearing fit. jackets with zips. <laughs> <laughs> You're in here in a moo-moo. The feeling. Uh, so I'm going to come in a onesie <laughs> next. All right, I'll go 28. I'll go 28. 28. 
Okay. Um, hopefully it's Jeez, under that. Hopefully it's under Jeez. that. Stay tuned for the update on that one. I'm going to. Um, if, it, if it's if it's over 28, we just don't say anything. We move on. Through. I'm eating broccoli for the next uh, 24 hours. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Generation, Scotty. Um, good luck in the weekend Thanks, for number mate. 250, mate. We're all cheering cheers. for you, Coco. You've been funny as usual. Oh, cheers, mate. I got nothing for that. <laughs> Thanks, Coco. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll catch you next week on the Jock and Journal Show. Thank you.